Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barty Jackdish and Ryan Huang with you. Time now for Why It Matters. And let's talk about an app we're accessing so often, YouTube. Oh, yeah. I think most of us are on it at least an hour every day or at least a few minutes. You know, someone will send you something, you'll be on it. And frankly, back in 2020, the data shows that YouTube has seen a 43% increase of interest from consumers. And of course, this has sparked a big frame advertisers and brands from then have been going all out to advertise against high performance content, content that's already doing well. I do wonder what happens if, let's say, they get it wrong. Let's say they advertise, I don't know, the wrong content. Yeah, yeah. I think, of course, the brand association will be negative. It definitely won't meet the objectives that advertisers are looking to meet, right? Mm. Which is brand recognition, at least, Mm. if not conversions. I bet you they did a survey like this one Mm. conducted by TAG and BSI showing that up to 82% of consumers worldwide will stop using brands who appear alongside the wrong content. Mm. Well, uh, let's find out a little bit more about this misaligned advertisement. What can brand and advertisers do to get it right? On the line with us this morning is Alex Littlejohn, Managing Director, Asia Pacific for Channel Factory. Alex, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Nice to speak with you, Alex, this morning. Now, I understand Channel Factory is a leading brand suitability authority. Oh, that sounds uh, quite authoritative. You also do YouTube measurement program partnership, maximizing both performance, efficiency, and contextual suitability for ads. Tell us more about the sort of clientele you handle, what your business model is like, just for context so that we can understand the information that you're about to give us. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, the mission of Channel Factory is to build a better digital advertising ecosystem. So we seek to do this by connecting brands with the right consumers in the right context and incorporate a brand's own definition of what is and is not suitable content for their advertising to appear next to. So to set the scene, that's about minimising wasted media impressions, but perhaps more importantly, minimising or eliminating reputational risks to their brand when advertising. So when we're working with brands, the first thing we ask, what are your brand values and what's your corporate code of conduct? So we see these as the foundations of any organisation. They transcend every aspect. So it's our belief this should be the first consideration in planning a media strategy. And typically, it's been traditional media such as broadcast and catch-up TV that have been the best environments for brands to be 100% assured of the content they add to or appear next to. And this is what we call brand suitability. So our value proposition is we facilitate brands using the same planning principles they apply in traditional media within environments such as YouTube using technology. So our goal is to eliminate reputational risk to the brand while also driving return on investment, giving advertisers and CMOs the most bang for their buck. Hmm. Alex, you're, you're talking about brand suitability, brand safety, these two concepts. I'm curious though, and thank you for explaining those. Where these two concepts are concerned, how often do you find brands making the mistake? And what's, what's the cost when they make such a mistake? Well, I think in the context of YouTube, I think before we get into the problems, we should talk about the opportunity. And thank you for touching Mm. on that earlier. So, first of all, YouTube is a great platform for marketers. Two billion monthly users, and over one-third of them are in the Asia-Pacific region. And that's 500 hours of content being uploaded every minute. So, when we look at Channel Factory, Factory, when we look at YouTube, 
we look at it, it's the biggest television network in the world and the biggest opportunity for advertisers to reach consumers in all of their target demographics. In terms of challenges, the biggest challenge is that YouTube has a high percentage of user-generated content. And as a result, the risk of the brand in running on the platform is very significant. So when we look at YouTube as a standalone, I think it's important that the issue of reputational risk is not just exclusive to YouTube. In fact, it's a challenge that exists on any platform where content is produced primarily by users. And that includes all the well-known social networks. So in the context of the broadcast quality content that is appearing on these platforms in the categories of news and television stations, digital channels, the technology that's set up in those platforms does not on a standalone basis protect brands 100% of the time. And this is an issue we're seeing more and more. Mm. It's all about the nature of the content, right? I mean, just because something is viral, it doesn't mean your brand ought to be associated with it. I understand that you went into greater detail on this subject in a study that you recently did with Magna. Tell us more about that research and the findings, more details of that. Sure. So the, the study that you're referring to is called the proximity effects and quantifying the impact of misaligned content in the wild west of video. So very apt for this conversation. So in the study, we surveyed over 2,700 consumers about their experience in interacting with advertising, not only on YouTube, but across some of the other major social networks as well. And the findings were really clear cut and important for CMOs to be very cognizant of in planning their media. Now, some of them were that misaligned content erodes the impact of hardworking ads. So not only is it about minimizing exposure to consumers not being happy with the content that your brand's advertising around, what we've seen is that by having that misaligned content, you're actually detracting from the very good work that you're doing. So purchase intent, brand respect, quality perception, brand trustworthiness all decline when ads are in misaligned content. And most importantly, users don't forget that misaligned content, but they're remembering them for the wrong reason. Alex, I'm curious, and, and I would really love a case study on this when we talk about misaligned content. So, for example, I was watching a YouTube show, a video, uh, and it was a football-related content. And then they advertised this uh, shaver for men, calling it manscaping, blah, blah, blah. It took me a bit by surprise, and I realized, okay, target audience is men. What's an example of an ad that, that's not aligned? Well, I think first and foremost, there's, there's alignment comes into the overall media strategy. And we, when we talk about brand suitability, which is a metric that's very common in the West, and we think it's going to be more and more important for CMOs across the Asia region, it's important to distinguish between brand safety and brand suitability. So a few weeks ago, I know you guys spoke to the folks at Integral Ad Science, specifically around how fraud on the internet and how advertisers can utilize technology yeah. to prevent their ads showing up on the wrong sites. So that's a great example of a brand, brand safety solution. But that issue is, is much bigger. And fraud covers pretty much any deceptive or dangerous practice. So that could include websites promoting hate, hate speech, harassment, cyberbullying, or even most recently with the pandemic, circulation of misinformation regarding COVID-19 and other topics that people are now referring to as fake news. So in summary, brand safety, and I think it's important to distinguish between brand safety and brand suitability, the former is typically the same and very, sim or very similar for all brands. So brand safety is really where a brand does not want to be. Brand suitability strategies 
a far more important CMO, as you pointed out in that example. They cover content and media placements that align with the brand's own values and on a tactical basis, specific campaign objectives. And these will be different for different brands. So in the example that you used with the men's shaver and sporting content, mm. there's an argument to say that the brand and content strategy that was laid out could be correct. I would say there'd be a high proportion of consumers absorbing that kind of content that would would be in the market for a product like that. So when we look at brand suitability, I would actually consider that that, that could be a positive brand suitability strategy in that it is surrounding content where a brand does want to be. Okay. Right? With, with environments such as YouTube, where there is that high percentage of user-generated content, this is hard to do without technology. And, and we're a leader in this state. The thing is, I'm just wondering about the state of affairs within companies right now, within corporate organizations right now. You would think they would know this already. What's preventing them from wrapping their heads around this and resulting in some of these mistakes still being made? I think you really honed in on a great point there. And I think that comes back to our overall ethos that it's a brand values is really a brand's biggest asset. So I would say at a board level, and certainly at a senior management level within these big companies, the policies are very clear. And in a sense, the foundations of the whole organization are built on these policies. When it comes to media planning and specifically around driving scale, it is hard to do without technology. And it's only in the last 18 months where these brand suitability companies, such as the Channel Factory, have emerged and are really pushing this concept of contextual suitability and brand suitability being interchangeable. So whenever we're thinking about brand suitability, we're essentially talking about contextual suitability. And going back to my, third, my earlier point, this is something that has, has been a foundation of media strategy and media practice for many, many years in traditional TV and broadcast environments. Because consumers have moved a lot of their viewership into these new platforms, it's become a real challenge for CMOs. Mm. And I would first class say it's an industry issue on any platform where there's user-generated content. Alex, you're talking about, you know, challenges, and we also talked about the opportunity where YouTube is concerned. As a challenge, should advertisers be worried about YouTube Premium because apparently it offers ad-free content? Um, I don't think so. I think, like any platform, YouTube has made huge investment in brand safety, and and they they should be applauded for that. The issue comes around brands and, in particular, CMOs, making sure that their YouTube strategies, when planning and executing their media campaigns, actually marry up to the rest of their media plan. So for a long time, the new channels and the user-generated content have really been viewed as a volume driver to reach as many consumers as possible. And as that phenomenon has continued, the reputational risk to brands has continued to increase. Mm, for sure, and there's a great business cost as well. Tell us in a nutshell, if you could, the best practices that are absolutely must-have for all advertisers in the scene today, especially with this really crowded landscape? Sure. Well, I think at a best practice level, brand safety is really a hygiene factor that any brand needs to apply technology to ensure that they're not running environments that are going to create reputational risk for their brand, and more importantly, turn consumers off their brands. From a suitability perspective, some examples of best practice could be could, could include things like eliminating news content channels whereby fake news is being disseminated. And, and that sounds very simple, but 
when an environment is user generated con is, is based on user generated content, it's the content creator that is creating the classification of that inventory. So it's very hard for brands to eliminate valid news that is perhaps being generated by on that user generated content platform without using technology. Another great example would be making sure that your brand is not exposing its messaging to minors. And I think that's very, very clear cut in terms of broadcasting TV with the rating systems. Yeah. Again, big, cha big challenge in the platform is going to be around compliance and making sure that perhaps brands that advertising high sugar, high fat content foods, which is becoming more and more of a legislative issue in terms of exposing that advertising to minors and not getting caught out by utilizing the user-generated platforms such as YouTube as a high-volume reach play. Mm -hmm. and, and our big belief is that the technology is there now to apply exactly the same media strategies and planning principles that are applied on broadcast TV and traditional media on these platforms. So short answer is the solution is there. Technology drives the solution, and our challenge to all CMOs would be to ask their partners, are you incorporating our brand values and our overall corporate philosophy into every aspect of our digital marketing? And, you know, our sense is that, you know, on the ground and in the trenches of digital media agencies, that that's not happening on a day-to-day -day basis. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning. We've been speaking with Alex Littlejohn, Managing Director, Asia Pacific at Channel Factory. Alex, you take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you very much, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.